Good morning, Chinooks fans, and welcome to the Nook Nation podcast, episode two. We are here at Chinooks HQ. I'm your assistant GM, Eric Snodgrass. Join me for week two, Chris Salazar. Hello, everybody. Glad to be back. And a very special guest. We like to call him the Wizard of Oz, the man behind the curtain, the architect, one of our guys from our marketing department, Andy Racy. Andy, welcome to the Nook Nation podcast. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. And this is a guest we've been trying to lock in for years on anything, right, Chris? Yeah, his people are very hard to get a hold of. Very hard to get a hold of. Like I said, he's the architect, and you will find out why in a little bit. Thanks for tuning in again to the Nook Nation podcast. We hope you enjoyed last week's episode, the Summer of 19. Chris, Ari, and me had a good time doing that. But today, it's a topic that I think is near and dear to our hearts. It's all about Chinook's bobbleheads. Oh, yeah. The best part. And this is like a tell-all. We're going to give you all the secrets, all the background info, on the first eight years of Chinook's bobbleheads, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So we got our designer here, Andy, who has created all of them, and Chris and me, who collect all of them. So yeah. we're going to dive in. There are 61 total bobbleheads. We did a little inventory this morning, and there's 61 that have ever been produced. There's a few variations and everything, but if you're keeping track at home, 61. Uh, if you need the full list, you can probably reach out to our office. We can come up with something for you, but... You do not have the complete Chinooks collection as of right now if you do not have 61 bobbleheads. Chris, are you missing any in your collection? I am missing two exactly. Uh, the pig roast that had the the yellow t-shirt. Uh, and then I also need the, I believe it was the fishing euchre. And then I will have the complete set. So that also includes the white jersey bobblehead, bobble boy that I already have. So I got the hard one. So Nook Nation, help Chris out here. If you got an yeah. extra gill fishing land at home. You know, give, fishing. Euchre fishing. I'm yeah. sorry. You know, give Chris an email or a phone call. Uh, I think you need to reach out to Tom Stanton over at Mel's Pig Roast for the other yeah, one. I should. The only one I'm missing, which I'm not really bothered I'm missing it, I'm missing one of the Fremings. Oh, I don't yeah. remember which one. I'm either missing the Mequon Pizza Company plaque or the Chinooks logo plaque. So, Andy, your collection, solid, strong? Yeah, I think it's, it's more or less complete. I don't have a lot of the little... I don't, I don't think I have a lot of the, like, ring toss or charity. I don't think I have the Mel's one, but may, I got the mainline bobbles. We're going to help our, have to help our boy Andy get the whole set here at some point. So let's talk about the process. We're actually probably days out from starting this process. Officially, brainstorming starts the entire season before the next season. We throw out ideas and everything. Uh, once we lock down our key six and the exclusives, the next step is we go over to Andy. And, Andy, where do you take it from there? Um, well, yeah, we have just kind of brainstorming sessions, like you said, kind of just coming up with our ideas. And then once we lock down some solid ones, I'll start with a sketch, basically. Um, just draw it out on pencil and paper. We'll, you know, kind of refine it from there and then send it off to, uh, to our Alexander Global. Alexander Global, yep. Now, how many times do you honestly do the drawings? Do you think you knock it out in the park every time? How many drafts are you doing? Um, I'll do a few. You know, it's one of those things where as we're thinking of ideas, I'll just kind of doodle things here and there. So by the time we get thing, get an idea locked down, I more or less know what I want to do. So I kind of draw more with a purpose then. And then, you know, if we have, you know, maybe put his hand here or have him hold this, you know, we'll add little ideas here and there. But for the most part, it, it starts kind of just, like I said, doodling into the final drawing that we send off. 
And the thing that you're excellent at is like the Easter eggs, the little details. Like oh, yeah. Gil the Kid, you snuck a lot of stuff in there. Like we didn't originally talk about it and you put it out there for us to kind of see if we liked it. Um, does that kind of come to you beforehand? Does it kind of come to you as you go along? Where do you usually come up with that kind of type of stuff? There are a few things where I'll, yeah, I'll kind of think of it as we're in the, you know, ideation process. And then as we get closer and closer to sending our, you know, final style guide, I guess you could call it off to Alexander Global for production. I'll, you know, we'll think of things along the way. Like you mentioned with Gil the Kid, um, he had a silver bat with Robin's silver slugger years on it. His glove was gold with, yeah, I think it was 82 when yep. Robin won the gold glove. So, you know, just little things like that. It's fun for, you know, super fans who know the game or uh, even some sometimes we'll sneak in things that, that are just for us, which is kind of fun, too. It's like Christmas when we get Andy's drawings over here. Oh, yeah. It's always the best email. I usually you'll either give me a call or send me an email saying that Andy has delivered one of the, the beautiful sketches. And I'm always excited to see it because it's one of not only is it fun just because we we know that our fans like it. But I think it's fun because we are like them and we collect them ourselves. Um, so it's always anytime I get that call or email, I just pretty much run over and I don't run much. I'm glad to hear that. Getting you to exercise. That's Thank good. you. Yeah. <laughs> so six or seven times a year, Chris gets his exercise in at the office. <laughs> That's all I need. So after the drawings, we send it over to our bottle producer, Alexander Global out west. We do the mud mold. Typically, there's usually one or two rounds of different changes. Like you mentioned, we might have them positioned hand differently or a stance. But for the most part, the guys at AG knock it out of the park all the time. After we approve the mud mold, we got to go to the paint mold. So there might be multiple rounds and different pieces we want painted differently. And then after that, I mean, it doesn't stop there. We got to design the box and get that done months ahead of time. So, you know, it, a simple bobblehead giveaway, it's it's probably about a two-month production, pre-production process. And then, you know, it takes about three or four months to produce and get it from overseas over here. So next time you get that bobble at the main gate, just remember how much time and effort it went into it. Like I said, we usually start this in November or December. Uh, the one thing that we always hit, which is kind of an inconvenience, is we hit Chinese New Year in February. Uh, which kind of adds an extra month to our production schedule. So, um, but you know, we haven't missed a bobblehead giveaway yet to date, and we're hoping to keep that streak. We will. Really sweep out there. We will. <laughs> All right. So, what we're going to do next is we're going to dive into a year by year look at our bobblehead giveaways, talk about the good, bad, and the ugly, some horror stories, some funny stories. So, let's kick things off in 2012. So, you might notice that your gill bobblehead will look a little different from 2012. That is because we did not use Alexander the first year. We used a company uh, called Destroyer for the first year. Uh, we were kind of running behind schedule with the launch of the team being delayed a little bit. We did two bobbleheads that year. Uh, our Robin Yount was our first one. Your thoughts on Robin Yount, Andy? It was interesting. Destroyer kind of lived up to their name. Uh they kind of destroyed his likeness. I, I don't think it looked very much like him, but old man yelled. Yeah, he we looked like very old and of a yeah. Frankly, I don't know. Yeah, and we did have a little bit of production error with that when our sponsor and friend uh, Brett Uhlberg over at Robert Hack Diamonds they got the name plaque colors uh, switched. I think it was a white plaque with yellow writing, so you couldn't read it. Yes. So Andy had to uh, get creative, and he print printed off the plaques and i forgot about that yeah a lot of little robert hack stickers that thankfully we had a an intern force to help uh help correct the issue and they all went out 
Yeah. Your 2012 Yacht bobblehead was open before it got to the gates because yeah, we yeah, had to place nice. a new sticker on there. And then we did the second bobblehead 2012 was the Gill one of uh, a simple pose. I'll be completely honest. It might. I think that is the best looking Gill we've done. I will say I think Destroyer's version of Gill is a tad better than our Gill. I think it's just the color of Gill's paint or skin. It is a bit of a different color. Well, and they, they took, I think they might have uh, made him before we even had the mascot costume fully finalized. Is that? Yeah, it was probably around the same time. Yeah, we did the Bobas in January and Gil didn't, we didn't see Gil's suit until May. Yeah, and I think um, Alexander's version of Gil adheres a lot closer to the the mascot costume of Gil, whereas Destroyers, I think, was a little more on the cartoony side. Sure. Kind of had a a stylistic uh, feel to it that you don't quite ha see in the Alexander one anymore. No. I still like Alexander's, but... I do. I do. They do a great gill. Um, so if you're keeping track at home, 2012, there's two bobbleheads. 2013, we gave away three bobbleheads. The first one was Bruce Fremming. To our recollection, it's one of the first umpire bobbleheads that we've ever seen. Um, and it does have two plaques. So Mequon Pizza Company was the sponsor of the game day giveaway. Um, and then there is about 200 floating out there that is a Chinooks plaque. Now, the story behind this, um, our ownership group wanted to order extras for the team store. For whatever reason, they never made it into the team store. And we just eventually started using them for donation packages. And I'll be honest, I don't think I knew it had a different plaque until it started going out to different charities that we were using for a donation group. So, Chris, you have both? No, that's, that's why I technically need three. So if anyone has one of those too, which plaque are you missing? Uh, I'm missing the Chinooks one. So Chinooks I have the Mac One Pizza. I so might, I, I, need... I might be able to help you out, Chris. I'll there we go. Away. We I might stop. have to end the podcast. <laughs> the podcast bringing people's collections together. You know. So, um, uh, and... I want a quick note on the Fremming one. That was actually the first one that I kind of had a hand in designing. There you go. Um, and that's one of the things too. If you notice, the wall behind him is it looks like the Capco Park wall, the backstop wall. So that's a, one thing I try to do with all of our bobbles is make it unique to us. It's not mm -hmm. just a guy standing there. It's, you know, there's something, you know, team related or like you mentioned Capital before, Easter related. eggs or, yeah, you know, little stuff like that just to make it a little more unique. So that was the kind of my first stamp on Chinook's bobbleheads, I guess. And we've been kind of adding more detail each year to just kind of see how far we can go in. Yeah, we produces everything. Yeah, they do. So a little honesty moment here. So Bruce Fremming was originally, the original idea for our local legend series, which we'll talk about later, Bruce Fremming was originally supposed to be in that. Um, I guess I'll wait to talk about the legend series a little bit later, but just keep that note that Fremming was originally a local legend series. Um, and then our next one was um, Robin Yount. Again, Andy, you produced the, the outfield wall with 319 in the background mm -hmm. as part of that one. Um, we refer to that one as Puerto, Puerto Rican Robin. Yeah, his complexion is... He was in Arizona for that one. Uh, he got a nice tan. So, And I think you would agree the outfield wall series was a happy accident. We had never intended to do the outfield wall series. Originally. No, it just kind of started with Robin. We thought, oh, that's a good way to, you know, make it unique to our park again. Um, never thinking that because our other markers, Paul Molitor, Hank Aaron, Jim Gamner, we're never going to get these guys to let us do a bobblehead of them. So... It was just, yeah, a one-off cool idea. Thought we went for it and it turned out. Nice. And it turned into a beautiful series. And it did. <laughs> and then finally is our only baseball pose, the gill, the gill hitting one, which is a pretty hard one to find. 
Um, so, no, 2013, there's three bobbleheads to date for your checklist there. And then we move into 2014, and that would be the last year that we did just three fan giveaways. Um, probably one of our best ones to this point to that date. Um, Euchre first pitch turned out phenomenal. Yeah, it was so, beautiful. They yeah. knocked out the pose, the the look of Euchre. I mean, it looked like the photo of the big head, basically. it was. They did a great job on that. And huge lines. I think that was the first game where we really had that pregame crowd. I mean, I, I remember it went all the way back to the football field over at Concordia University. So it was definitely a huge draw. And it was like a Thursday night, too. So definitely a big um, draw over at the ballpark. And then we did the Gill All-Star um, in recognition of us hosting the All-Star game in 2014. And, again, you talked about kind of doing the back wall on some of the bobbles. This is probably the first one that you started um, messing with the bases a little bit. Yeah, we yeah wanted a way to really incorporate the All-Star, you know, festivities into a bobblehead. So, we you know, Gill's wearing an All-Star shirt. That's fine. But then we thought, yeah, why not make the base into the All-Star logo? And it turned out awesome. Yeah, again, Alexander, we push them, and they, they – come through for us so pretty awesome and then the next bobblehead in the off-field wall series jim gantner which i believe we did have gantner out there that day so again it was a happy accident and then we kind of revisited things in the off season for 2014 a commemorative manager of the all-star that's game. right that's yeah, right yeah uh, gantner was around a lot that year yes he was and then we did our first exclusive in that off season heading into 2015 um in the holidays of the 2014 season we did santa gill um, a 5.5 inch. So there's three levels of bobbleheads you probably have seen from us. The seven inch is the full size. 5.5 is some of those earlier holiday ones and the Chinooks alumni. And then the minis are four inches. So our first kind of mid-size bobblehead, uh, I thought it turned out really good. And the only, my only complaint with that one, I think he's got a little bit of a belly on Gil. In that well, he was Santa. So that's true. No, he wasn't Santa in that one. That was no? the black Jersey one. Oh, oh my mistake. All right, so that would be four for 2014. Then we had to 2015. The first year, we introduced the bobblehead, um, 16 bobblehead package. So it was the first season of six giveaways. Uh, the Guild Championship won, commemorating our 2014 championship. That, I'll tell you right now, it's near my top three. It turned out awesome. They did an awesome job on the trophy, the detail, the championship shirt. Oh, man, I thought it was one of the best ones we've ever done. I agree. The trophy was really cool. You know, it's separate from the bobble, so... You know, we didn't have a lot of issues with breaking or anything like that. And, yeah, they the detail that Alexander put into the trophy was pretty pretty phenomenal. And we decided to mold the trophy to Gill, which is a great decision because we had kind of learned from our friends at Appleton. They had done with Matt Erickson, and they had a lot of breakage issues with their trophy because it came separately. Okay. So, I, got it, I got it switched up there. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. So that – it turned out great. Unfortunately, we had some miscommunication. The Yacht one, the trophy was separate yes, on this one. But uh, the Gill one turned out great. That led us into the Paul Molitor, which is number three in the outfield wall series. I think it turned out great. Molitor's got kind of a tough face to nail down in the bobblehead world. It kind of looks like him, but he's a tough guy to get his yeah, facial he is just, right. Yeah, one of the not a lot of distinctive features on Paul um, that you can kind of mold in small bobble form. But, yeah, again, it turned out great. I was – very pleasantly surprised that we even got them to allow us to do it. So that was a big win, I think, for us. And our other full-size bobblehead that season was Eddie Morgan. He was a manager of Chinooks for six seasons. Uh, pretty cool pose. We decided to do him lean on the dugout because that was always kind of his featured pose during the games, or I guess the dugout railing. Um, and another one that I think was a little tough for Alexander to kind of nail down the facial recognition of that one. Yeah, this so. is where I think you and I disagree a little. I think they got the face pretty good, but yeah. 
teach their own. Next week's episode, debating whether or not Eddie Morgan's face. Chris, you can be the, the opinion maker on this one, decision yeah, maker. Break the tie here. Uh, I mean, honestly, I can't really picture Eddie's face too well right now. Um, just look at the bobblehead. It looks yeah, just like him. I, I guess, you know, <laughs> I like Andy more than you, so I'll say Andy's All right. right. Andy's up one nothing on me. And then, you know, it was a little difficult. You know, the first year trying to do six full-size ones, so we kind of went with the mini route. Um, we had the middle race since day one, and we decided to go with the middles. It was great for the off-season because we did naming contests. Andy, you came up with a cartoon version of them. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Fry, Wanda, and Ruffy. Uh, and I thought they turned out pretty good for the most part. The kids really liked them. Uh, but we haven't really done anything with the middles ever since. Yeah, so. I was a little – got to say, that was one of my kind of first disappointments with our bobbles. Um, since I did do, like, the cartoon version of the heads – I really was looking forward to seeing how those came out, and they just didn't quite live up to my expectations. I thought they were a little small, looked a little odd. But, eh, like you said, the kids loved them. I mean, they were still fun. The boxes were cool. I thought oh, the boxes sure. for them turned out great. Yeah. Uh, and then we dipped into three different exclusives that season. Uh, we had the Gill fundraising one with the black jersey. That was part of our fundraising package. And then we did a one-off on that one, Gil's um, fundraising one, where he's wearing a yellow shirt, one of the ones that Chris Salazar over here needs. Mm-hmm. Um, a little trick that this is the first time we did it. As long as you use the same mud mold on an Alexander Global bobblehead, you can just paint them differently, and that's how we went about this one. We did the shirt, and we did the um, jersey a little different. So yeah. we're able to use the same mold for each. And then we rounded out the holiday season with the Elf Gil, um, which is another one of our great holiday ones. Yeah, starting a, a nice tradition where we have a holiday one every year. And just to mention on the, the fundraising one, I like the little mini ones. I know a lot of people are, you know, full size or nothing. I like the minis personally. I think they turned out kind great. of fun. We haven't done a fundraising exclusive yet, but maybe Chris yeah. will have to bring it back soon. Maybe. Yeah. All right, in 2016, oh, the final one of the off field wall series, Hank Aaron. And this one gave me more of a headache than any other bobblehead in the world. Um, we had to go back and forth with um, Hank Aaron's agent. I'm not going to say any names, but I doubt Hank Aaron's agent is listening to the podcast. So um, we had a tough time nailing down the face and head for Hank Aaron. I think we mm-hmm. went through probably four or five mud and paint molds, um, which costs a lot of money and a lot of time. And it was our opening day bobblehead. So we almost missed this one, but um for the most part, I thought it turned out pretty good. Um, I don't think the face and the head is exactly what we had originally envisioned, but we finally got them to agree to it, and we shipped it into production. Yeah, that was one where I, I agree. I think Alexander kind of nailed the face on the first try. I agree. And then, yeah, the agent thought it looked maybe a little too old or – Then too young. Some, yeah, it was it was a, a little back and forth, but we got it done. And like you said, it got here in time. So, And then we came out with our first – uh, series, I guess, just say for the bobbleheads, which was the fishing series. Andy, do you want to chime them into what the original concept was? Do you remember what the original idea? I I think there were a couple original concepts. I know you had started out with kind of your dream of doing this boat yeah. uh, setup, where we would have what would be Euchre, Yount, and Gill in a fishing boat, where each piece is a separate piece of the boat, and you put them together. And it makes the boat, which I think would have been pretty cool. And the only drawback to that, which now I understand more, um, it's tough to get it sponsored 
Like if you're right using your famous to sauces, in the middle of the boat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're just sponsoring part of the boat. Now it would look cool, but a good way to get people to come out to three games and put the piece together. But I understand from a corporate sponsorship side where it'd be a little different. And then okay, I think I know you're going to the next part. I forgot about this next concept. Yeah, the next was my kind of first compromise on this. And it's it holds a little close to what we ended up doing. I thought we could have um, Robin and Bob Euchre be on the dock with fishing poles and a net. And then the third piece of Gill would actually just be in the water with Gill coming out of the water, like at a, a fishing lure that was on the pole. I thought it would have been kind of cool. Um, you ever heard of this before? You know, no, this is together. the first time I've ever heard it. Yeah. Kind of form a little scene, not just, you know, three bobbleheads in a row. Um, but again, that was just kind of hard to, you know, get someone to sponsor half a gill bobblehead coming out of the water. So no, that will look cool, though. It, well, yeah. Aesthetically, it would have been great, but, you know, pitching it. Yeah, so for that's sure. another story. So so we ended up doing all three on a dock with different fishing gear. It turned out awesome. These are the first ones, too. We really pushed the envelope with the amount of detail. You know, yeah. stickers on the, the tackle box and... Just every little detail, like we figured, like oh, they're gonna, Alexander Gold was gonna tell us to remove this, this, and this, and they've never once told us to redesign anything. No, they gave us a pole with a string and lures on it. It was incredible. They fashioned. Uh, is it Robin holding the net? If some people say it looks like a lacrosse. Well, net. I think they used the lacrosse yeah. stick as the base, but you know, it worked close yeah, enough. Absolutely. And then we had our first alumni bobblehead, uh, courtesy of our friends at Gordon Food Service, who have done our alumni bobbles ever since. And it was Mr. Chinook, who was with us for three years before that, Ryan Krill. And then in 2016, as you know, Gill had a failed president's, president's run. Um, so we did presidential Gill. And this one turned out better than I expected. This is one that I had kind of original vision. Andy, you got a hold of it, and you took it to a whole new level with the, the backdrop and everything. I thought it turned out awesome. Yeah, that was that was a fun one to do. Um, coming up with different campaign signs and everything to put behind Gill and, you know, his presidential logo and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, they did a good job. So um, now the decision is 2020? <laughs> yeah. Gil going to run again. Yeah. Maybe. We do have our last um, Mel's Pig Roast bobblehead. He did his pig mascot and that was a fundraising exclusive for just mel's pig girls group so there's probably about 500 of those floating out in the public and then some other exclusives um that holiday season we did ugly sweater gill which i'm not sure who came up with this one i think i gotta give credit to um our former gm son ben renicky who was also um an employee of ours for a few years we were out of ideas and i think he kind of rattled that one off and we loved it and they did an awesome job with like the texture of the sweater yeah they they really made it feel like a sweater. And then there's two bobbleheads within a series that probably causes a lot of headaches for you Chinooks fans out there. During that summer, we gave away the White Bobble Boy as part of Mystery Bobble and Night. Now, full disclosure, we had never intended to originally do this. It was about a few weeks out, and the mascot Bobblehead Hall of Fame, who was a sponsoring the night and a sponsor of ours, asked if they could make 10 white jersey bobble boys and put them in the allotment. And we agreed to it. So the first round, there was 10 out there. And then in 2017, Chris, year's first year, another 10 were put mm -hmm. into Mystery Bobblehead. So uh, for you, for those keeping track at home, there's 20 white bobble boys out there. Exactly 20. Exactly. We, we come across a few different numbers, whether we're like at a bobblehead show or we see like stuff on Facebook. There is exactly 20. So the debate is officially over. 
And then uh, that holiday season, besides the Ugly Sweater holiday package one, we also did our first rummage sale exclusive, um, which we had never tried before. Um, this was a dark day for Chinook's bobblehead collecting because we didn't really know what to expect. Um, it was the first time doing a rummage sale exclusive, so we ordered 100, exactly 100, black bobble boys. And this is, I mean, black our jersey. Black jersey. Specified. Black jersey, sorry. And we didn't know, like, in December – how popular a rummage sale exclusive would be. And we got here probably at 7, 8 a.m., and there apparently were people waiting in our parking lot for hours to get this, and that bobblehead went within minutes. Um, we probably made the mistake of limiting to five, but again, we didn't know, you know, 20 people were going to buy five each, which is exactly what happened. Yeah. And, you know, so it was kind of a live and learn type moment. Um, but I would say we took a beating on social media that day. I remember I was monitoring it and you want to comment and post and you can't, and you just got to kind of sit back and take it. But we learned from our mistake. And, but I would probably say that's the second rarest one behind the white bottle boy is the black Jersey bottle boy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. At least, at least like the price on like eBay and secondary markets and stuff like that tells you it's white bottle boy one and then the black Jersey for yeah. sure. And that was wild. I remember, um, cause I work in a different office from you guys. So I was, parking and walking and I just noticed everyone camping out and it's like oh my goodness I hope they're ready for this <laughs> we weren't <laughs> they weren't unfortunately but yeah like you said you live and learn you weren't here yet right no luckily okay. I, I didn't have to take part in that <laughs> well and then we do head to 2017 which is the start of the Salazar era over here yep. so uh, we started off that year the fishing series was so popular we decided to roll into the tailgate series um, and that one kind of I remember all of us sitting there brainstorming ideas and i knew that i think the starting point was we wanted to do something with gorman and his barbecue sauce because mm -hmm. we were starting a relationship with him yeah and i think it spawned into well why don't we do something with euchre and using yours and robin robin right yeah it just kind of naturally formed based on foodstuffs so so four-piece tailgate series euchre yount gorman thomas and gill uh, a little trick we did with the gorman thomas um he's actually a 5.5 inch with a seven inch head so we cut down costs a little bit, but you know he still has the same head size as the other three. You like you guys like the tailgating or fishing series better? For me, the tailgating series is clearly the number one for me. Like, I mean, the summer of nineteen, like all the stuff that we did for Robin was really cool. But in terms of having everything that there was four different bobbleheads that all ended up making one unique set, I, I think for me it was clearly the tailgating series and. So, like when I was an intern at the time, I was af afraid, kind of like to ask if I can get the bobbleheads or, or anything like that. Like now, our interns who are on the sales the staff, was no, which I assumed. So <laughs> now, like our sales staff interns, like they kind of get crack and then um, a, a crack at it at the end of the season, and then the marketing and ops kids, like they can come out and see if they want any giveaways too. So I didn't know that at the time. But I even made my now wife come out to a game. I wanted to get the Gill one because I'm a big mascot bobblehead guy. So I made my wife come out to a game, buy a ticket, and stand in line. So I've even made my family do it. <laughs> and then we continued our alumni. Oh, which one do you like better? Um, I'd probably lean towards the tailgating one just because I'm a little salty about the fishing one not using my idea the only, as a selfish person. The only thing I would say, and I told you this earlier, just if I had to nitpick it, since we don't like we don't tailgate at Capco Park, that's the only thing. But like, it's a tailgating huge here. Yeah. So baseball I, and tailgating goes together. Exactly. Even though you can't do it at Capco Park, 
I think you're just upset because you're a Cubs fan and there's not anywhere to tailgate at Wrigley Field. That's true. There's nowhere to tailgate in any of the Chicago sports. And then we continued our alumni series with the 2016 um, Northwoods League Pitcher of the Year, Marshall Kozowski, who just got done with the Arizona League this past week. And then the final fan giveaway of that season was Bud Seeley. Um, he actually surprised the crowd that day uh, coming out for a first pitch. And, you know, we didn't announce it was a complete surprise. And um, we kind of shielded him until his first pitch. And then when people started realizing it was him walking out to the mound, he got a huge pop. It was a pretty cool moment. But people started to get wind of it. I don't know who, like, how it got leaked or anything like that. But like people started to get wind of it, and I just remember that day. That was that was our biggest crowd day, yeah. To date, I think twenty six so, yes. sixty nine, I believe. And that I remember it was one of the most. It's like one of those moments that I'll for sure remember in my career. Just being a part of that. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a crazy, game, right? crazy day. I, yeah, I think a lot of people kind of overlook the fact that we had the commissioner of baseball in our backyard. You know, we kind of take that for granted, and that's a pretty cool thing. And yeah, for sure. For him to come to Capco Park, that's a really cool thing. So. Awesome that he allowed us to do the bobble and that he showed up. It looked exactly like him. Yeah, too. he loved it. He his assistant said he thought it was dead on. I think it's better than any other ceiling bobble that's been done. Any Agreed. better than yeah, any of the board scenes for sure. I'll, I I think we can go out on limb and say we do by far the best bobbleheads in the state of Wisconsin. No question. It we're might sound close. cocky, but we're confident. Yes. And then the, for the exclusives that year, we had the Isaac Morgan, our bat boy. He was a bat boy for about five or six years. That was a mini. Thanks to our friends at Mac 15 Enterprises. That was a special package bobblehead. Uh, There's about 150 for the package and then about 500 at the main gate. So it's a pretty rare one to get. And then we rounded out the Bobble Boy series with the Blue Jersey Bobble Boy, our first team store exclusive. I know there's a lot of going back and forth with fans about how many there are for each one. So to set the record straight, there is 300 of the Blue Jersey uh, Bobble Boys. And then we did the last, I'm sorry, we did the last jersey, the gray one, as the last Roman Shale exclusive in 2017. We did 200 of those. So if you're keeping track of the Bobble Boys, the white jersey, there's 20. Yep. The black jersey, there's 100. Mm-hmm. Blue jersey, which is the team store exclusive for 2017, there's 300 of those. And the gray jersey is the Roman Shale exclusive for 2017, and there's 200 of those. So we're setting the record straight right there. And we haven't done a Roman Shale exclusive. Welcome back to the Chinook Social Network and the Nook Nation podcast. We are talking all about Chinook's bobbleheads. We got cut off a little bit on our last segment. Um, the topic we were finishing up on is that uh, 2017 was our last rummage sale exclusive with the gray bobble boy. Um, one bobblehead we forgot to mention in the 2017 lineup was the Santa Gill and the Santa Chair bobblehead. Um, very popular. I think it turned out great. Um, it was a huge hit with the fans as well. We're going to move over into 2018. And um, it started off with the Local Legend Series. Now, I kind of mentioned the Local Legend Series earlier. Um, the original idea for that that we had was to originally have guys such as Bruce Fremming and Bud Selig in that series. Um, we jumped the gun on a few of those due to certain situations, so we had to kind of re-alter our Local Legends lineup. The idea with the lineup was that it was individuals born in Wisconsin and had some sort of ties to professional baseball in the Wisconsin and Milwaukee area. We ended up going with Harvey Keene, Craig Council, and Jerry Augustine. And there is, in fact, two Jerry Augustine bobbleheads, exact same mold but different jerseys. There's the white jersey Augustine, which was the fan giveaway on opening day in 2018, and the black jersey Augustine, which was a robber hack 
uh, Diamonds exclusive over there with Brett Yulberg and our friends at Robert Hack Diamonds. Uh, your guys' thoughts on the local legend series? I liked it. I thought uh, it was a fun series and a nice way to pay tribute to some, you know, local guys who might not get the the do that they normally would, like a Jerry Augustine. Um, great brewer, great for the organization still on, you know, uh, Fox Sports, doing games with them. But never had a bobblehead. Right. So it was awesome to be able to do that. And I think he came out that day and great guy, by the way. And yeah. Came I, out, I thought it was fun. Came out for the Robin Yount Mac Fun Celebrity Softball game this past summer. Um, Craig Council was also a host family, so he had a kind of True, a connection yeah, there. Um, Harvey Keene Jr., uh, Harvey Keene's son, comes out to a lot of Chinooks games as a scout with the Brewers. Um, one thing, uh, Andy, I think you did really cool on the design of this one. Um, you put our local Legends logo, which you made, you used that as the base, and I thought that turned out really well. Yeah, I kind of I think we raised it up a little, yep. too, which – Raise the level of the bubble, I might say. Chris, local legend series. Um, I was not. I was not a big fan of it, to be honest with you. Uh, the reason for that was, uh, like we kind of talked about the three-piece Harley series. I was really excited about. Um, so, kind of going from that to the legend series, and not really having a lot of Wisconsin ties, but understanding what you guys are saying to, like. Yeah, some unique bobbleheads and some guys that are not only good for the Brewers, but have been good for the Chinooks. Like it's a, it's a good series. It just wasn't one of my particular favorites. An Illinois bias for the Wisconsin based bobblehead series. Yeah, and you should see this guy drive too. Uh, go bears. And if we're talking about the bears, maybe we should talk about the field goals missed this past Sunday's game. Do you want to touch on that or should we keep moving on? Uh, we can move on. All right. So you kind of mentioned the HD series, you know, that year we did the Yount Harley Davidson. Um, motorcycle bobblehead with Suburban Harley in Mequon. Huge lines for it. It was very popular. Mm-hmm. I think we all agree it turned out great. The original idea for that summer was to do a three-piece Harley-Davidson series with Gill, Yount, and Euchre. Uh, we actually developed the Euchre bobblehead. We had the mold. We had the prototype. We were ready to put in production. We had a few hiccups along the road. It ended up not happening, which led to the local legend series. But uh, the Euchre bobblehead of the Harley Davidson series, the one that uh, never saw the light of day. And they're the one, I think it was part of the three part series. Was that the, the water tower yeah, that you designed? Water yeah, tower. Was, Gil coming out oh, of the, the Harley water tower, which was, that would have been awesome. It was pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. You guys like that part of it. I didn't like the Gil one. I thought the Euchre looked great. Um, we'll have to post a photo of the Euchre prototype yep. on our website. I actually reached out to the manufacturer this past summer to see if I could get the prototype one of one. Um, and unfortunately, we learned that they destroy prototypes that aren't made, um, which just breaks our hearts that that Euchre bobblehead will. We should just start dash, asking for the prototypes. You think they'll give it to us every year? Just yeah. ask for the prototype for every bobblehead? No, they won't do it. Even if we pay for it? Yeah. Huh. Especially especially the ones that aren't put into production. Oh. So. Proprietary. Mm. Rounding out that year, um, we had the granite bobblehead. Um Zach Grant, our first alumni to make it to the pros in uh, September of 2017, I believe. Uh, September call-ups with the Minnesota Twins. So we continue our alumni series with him. So it was a great series. Um, I thought the 28-bobblehead lineup was pretty good altogether. Um, We did a few exclusives as well. We did our first ever ring toss bobblehead that year. Um, Beach Gill, some of you guys refer to it as Hawaiian Gill. I don't really understand that, but... Um, we also did a team store bobblehead for the second year in a row. We did Gill with Capco Park as the base. Andy did a great job designing that one. For the record, there are 350 of those that were put into production. 
And then we used our mold trick again. It's the same bobblehead, except Gil is in a Chinooks Cancer Walk jersey. Uh, it was when we partnered with Aurora on the Mindful Try Cancer Walk in 2018. You had to make a $50 donation to the Aurora Healthcare Foundation for that one. And there are 150 of those out into the public. And then we wrapped up the holiday season with the Santa Robin bobblehead. I thought the Santa Robin bobblehead turned out great. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. First one, first holiday bobblehead without gills. So um, I think we're missing one from our local lead or from 2018. I only count five here. Um, vintage on there? Vintage. That's I missed the yeah. vintage. I was counting here. I only counted five. So, um, Andy, you want to kind of talk about the the background of the vintage logo and how the jersey and everything came to be? Sure, yeah. Um, we were just kind of looking at a fun thing to do for an alternate jersey. Um, and I've seen it, a few teams do kind of fake throwbacks where we don't have the history that a lot of teams have. So we made up our own, basically. Um, and I based the, I actually designed the jersey and the hat logo for that one as well. Um, I think it was based on a, an old Cubs, like 1916 jersey yep. or something with uh, Chinooks down the front. We did the old pillbox uh, cap, which was neat. I think the players really enjoyed putting those on for a couple games. And um, we thought, oh, why not do a bobblehead in the same style too? So looking at, you know, the old vintage bobbleheads, we kind of gave them that gill that rounded kind of almost like a bobble boy look um but it was still gill so we put him in the uniform and they put a glossy coat on him and yeah, i think thought it turned out great that's, it did that's turn one out of my awesome. favorites mm -hmm. the jersey the hat which is still available on lakeshorechinooks.com and the vintage gill bobble boy bobble fish whatever you want to call it i think <laughs> it turned out great heading to our final season 2019 the summer of 19 we're going to kind of go through these a little quicker since we just talked about it last week's episode uh, we launched the Batman Robin, our first dual bobblehead. Um, I think it turned out absolutely great. You know, there was the minor issue with a few cracks in his ankles, which with some people is more like a line. You know, we saw people have to squint or use a microscope to see that sometimes. So um, besides that small, small, small flaw, <laughs> I think it turned out great. Um, the next one in the line was the Robin Young um, Championship Trophy bobblehead. Um, we wanted some sort of flair to the – Chinook Slayer, I guess, to the summer of 19 lineup as we kind of went through different periods of his career. Um, continue our alumni series with Brian Anderson, who uh, ended third in the NL Rookie of the Year voting the previous season. So we honored him with a 5.5-inch bobblehead of himself. Fun and fact, I was hit in the ear by Brian Anderson. A foul ball. Uh, not a foul ball, actually. It oh. was warm-ups defensively over through the first baseman, took a hop off uh the carpet over the fence, right in the air. So his throwing skills are not good. Um, but I had him sign the ball. I see. Did you it. get to keep it? I got it. I had a little scar on my ear. Got the ball. And a story to be told. And a story to be told. <laughs> no lawsuit coming towards no, Brian sir, Anderson. No. You still have hearing in both ears. I can hear just fine. Yeah. The next one would be the Rockin' Robins mascot bobblehead. Um, I gotta give you Chris credit on this one. Yeah, it was, it was really cool because we were all sitting together and we were coming up with the promotions for that season, uh, which is some of our favorite things to do. Um, and it was one of those where we were we had ideas and we were really missing out on one bobblehead. And it was just kind of why don't we do similar to what we did with the Vintage Gill and kind of go with a the jersey line. And that was one of the ones where I believe I told you I would fight you to keep it in the line. And I, I was glad to see it, and I thought it was it turned out really well, and the detail that Andy put in it and then that Alexander is able to uh, to produce was awesome. Andy, do you want to talk about some of the elements or um, 
Easter eggs, I guess you put into the the Rocky Bobble. Yeah, it's sure. Not in the mascot and everything. Right. Yeah, that was it was similar to like our faux back, throwback, whatever you want to call it thing. Um, we did the What If Night uh, with Rock and Robbins. So for the logo, um, I thought, you know, what can we do to to make a Robin look cool playing a guitar? So we uh, have him do doing the Pete Townsend windmill. Um, speaking of Easter eggs, he, uh, his guitar pick is Robin Egg Blue, and it's shaped very much like an egg. Um, and the guitar is actually, it's modeled after a Les Paul Gibson guitar, uh, Waukesha native, so we got a local tie there too. Yeah, the bottle turned out great. It was definitely um, one of the better ones we've ever done. Um, Yount Hall Fame bobblehead, which, again, as we mentioned last week, I still can't believe the Brewers or no one have ever done a bobblehead of his induction ceremony. And then we rounded it out with one that there's a lot of debate on if it's good or bad. Some will say it's good. Some will say it's bad. Polarizing for Gil sure. Gil the Kid. Um, Chris, this is your and Ari's creation. Uh, I wouldn't say it's good or bad. I would say it was brilliant. Um, and what was really cool about it was basically no thought process went into it, which is maybe why it was great. Um, it was just one of those we were trying to think of something random and completely different than anything we've usually done. And it was how can we incorporate Gil in the summer of 19? And it was uh, Ari's like, what if we made Gil look like Robin Yount? And the exact words out of my mouth was, I don't know if that was the greatest or the dumbest idea I've ever heard. Um, and then when Andy designed it, I immediately fell in love with it. And by far, that was my favorite one from last year. Do you want to tell everybody the original name and working title of Gil the Kid Bobblehead? Uh, the original and what should have been the current name was and is Gilbin Gount. So I guess everybody can let us know if they liked Gil the Kid or Gilbin Gount. And no, that is not an incorrect spelling. <laughs> Worst name ever. Yeah. You said best idea or dumbest idea for the bobble. I think well, you hit the dumbest for the name. We're covering all the Bobble idea was a great idea, though. I'll I'm probably one of the few who's not a huge fan of it. Rounding out 2019 was our exclusives. We uh, definitely pushed our, our mold trick to the test in 2019. We had four bobbleheads, if you haven't noticed, look exactly the same shape, um, just four different uniforms. So we have the Yount High School. He attended half high school in California. Then we went to the Newark Co-Pilot season ticket holder exclusive bobblehead. Uh, the Rock and Robins uniform was the team store exclusive. 200 of those were made for the Tackle Box Team Store exclusive. And then we had, I think it was 150, I think is the correct number, for the Cancer Walk. Yep. Um, Gills Walk Off for Cancer. The Mindful Try was rebranded last year into Gills Walk Off for Cancer. Um, and, it, you know, you got to make a donation. 100% of the proceeds go to charity. So it's a bobblehead for a good cause. Yeah, I just want to make a quick note, too. on the, When we do uh, multiple uses of our molds, we still try pretty hard to, you know, make each one unique mm -hmm. and look mm -hmm. cool. So you'll notice the bases are different. I think they let us mix and match heads on yes, some of them. Yes, very good point. Which is kind of cool. Um, so we could do the young Robin when he was with Newark and the minors and in high school. Um, and, you know, we found all the, the correct logos and period correct jersey fonts and all that kind of stuff. So there's still, I mean, we might reuse the mold, but we still – care about what it what it turns out yeah good point on the heads um we all i think we got pretty clever on that i don't think alexander had ever seen someone try to pull that off but <laughs> i think we used it was either i think it's the head from the tailgating series robin yow that yeah, we used on the right. team store in the cancer walk rounded out we did gill and the rock and robins 
um, jersey as the ring talks exclusive, about 500 of those. Those are quicker than the previous year. Those are gone with about two weeks left in the season. So next year, make sure you get to the ring toss um, early on in the season if you want to get that exclusive. So we're going to take our last quick break. When we come back, we're going to do our bottom three and top three of all time Chinooks bobbleheads, and then we're going to kind of run through our wish list. And then we polled you guys on social media. We're going to roll through that as well. Last segment coming up right here on the Nook Nation podcast. Final segment on the Nook Nation podcast right here on the Chinook Social Network. I'm Eric, they're Andy and Chris, and we are going to run through our bottom three least favorite bobbleheads of all time. Chris, kick us off. Uh, so kind of going with what I talked about before, uh, I'm not going to be too kind to the Local Legends series. My bottom three is the Jerry Augustine, Craig Council, and Harvey Keen. And again, it wasn't it had any. It didn't have anything to do with the bobbleheads themselves. They looked fine. Um, honestly, a lot of, like the Harvey Keen, I really liked. It's just the line itself is kind of lackluster to me, which is why I used it. That was just the bottom three. Andy, your bottom three. All right, I'll start with uh, Gill 2013. The baseball pose just – it was, again, like Chris was saying with the local legends, it was fine, nothing wrong with it. Just a little boring to me. I like when we can do something a little more, you know, unique and fun, in my opinion. Uh, number two, I'm going to just round all the bobble boys into this position. Never been a fan just of the – the general look of the bobble boy um and then my least favorite would be our two year one bobbles uh robin just did not quite look like robin and old man robin gill was mm, all right i guess i'm a little biased too because i didn't have anything to do with the there design of those so take that but he will. Uh, my bottom three, um, no knock to the 2014 manager of the year, Eddie Morgan. He did a phenomenal year to us. Um, the only I love the base and the bottom part of the bobblehead. I just don't think they nailed the, the head and the face perfect on Eddie Morgan's. The rest of the bobblehead is great. I think if I got another shot at the head, I would definitely take it on that bobblehead. Um, the minnows didn't really turn out quite the way I wanted to. It was kind of tough because they're a fish, but – you know, we have kids run as the minnow, so we couldn't really decide the look. Um, so I would put the minnow trio in there. I'm with you on that. They looked yeah. like a weird hybrid of yes. kid and cartoon fish. We should have gone one way or the other a little more, I think. But yeah. Ronnie, my third out then would be Old Man Yount, the Robin Yount 2012 bobblehead. All right, let's go to the big one, the top three. Chris, give us your top three Chinooks bobbleheads. Uh, my top three bobbleheads would be uh, one is the Yount motorcycle. Uh, that one was, I think, the coolest one we've ever done just because it was a true Harley. Um, the, the design of the jacket with the uh, kind of like the skull and crossbones or like motorcycle design. Um, we even did T-shirts of that, I think, two years in a row. Um, so it was really popular. Um, and then just in general, just having the connection with the Milwaukee land area with uh, Harley Davidson. I thought that one was really, really cool because it hit a lot of different areas. Uh, the second one for me is Gil the Kid. It was just so unique. I loved it. Um, I have a few of them. Um, yeah, that one, just as we talked about before, I thought it was really different than anything we've done. Uh, and then my third one is Santa Gill. Uh, and the reason for that is I'm a big uh, Christmas guy. Uh, so not only does it kind of blend what I like in bobbleheads, which is mascot ones, and then Christmas. So it's kind of the perfect storm for me. So those are my top three. Andy, your top three? 
Um, I'll start with kind of an honorable mention. Uh, our outfield wall series I thought was cool. It ended up being our first series kind of by accident, but a series nonetheless. Um, it was cool to get some of the bigger names, Hank Aaron, Paul Molitor, um, which I didn't think we really had a chance at, so that was neat. Um, my number three would be Vintage Gill. I, despite my disdain for the Bobble Boy, I think the Bobble Boy-ish version of Gill turned out really good and was kind of fun. Um, my number two, I'm with uh, Chris over here, Gill the Kid. Uh, that was it. Was a fun one to design. Um, add a little, you know, all the little Easter eggs in there. And it's just funny. I think it's funny. Gil with a mustache and Robin Yount hair. What's not to like? Eric can tell us what's not to like, but I like it. And then number one overall uh, would be Rocky that we did last year. Mm. The uh, <clears throat> Rock and Robin's mascot. Um, just from a, the most enjoyable one that I've worked on personally, just because I took that basically from concept to the logo I designed and then was able to translate that into a bobblehead, and Alexander did a great job making that a reality. So that was that was my favorite one. Gil the Kid would definitely be sniffing the bottom three for me. Um, honorable mention, the vintage Gil I thought turned out great. Um, number four, just missing the top three for me, would be the Gil Championship bobblehead. Uh, coming in at number three, I'd have to say the Yount Hall of Fame bobblehead. I think it just turned out great. I think it looks like Yount. I think we really nailed that one. Number two, the Robin Yount Harley Davidson one. And then number one for me would be have the Batman Robin, just the detail, the size of it. Um, it having that would be on the wish list for a number of time years. Um, it's definitely, I think, my number one. So it was tough to pick. It was tough to narrow it all down. Um, but I think uh, Yeah, just looking through, we've done a lot of a lot of neat stuff. So best bobblehead collection in Wisconsin. More hits than misses. Not even close for sure. All right, real quick, let's kind of touch on any wish list bobbleheads you hope the organization can do in the next few years. Uh, so the ones I've written down, uh, I think if we were to do the Mac Fun, the ga Mac Fun game again next season, which I hope we do, uh, if we would incorporate a bobblehead to that, it could be like a charitable aspect or something like that. Um, but there could be a lot of cool people that we do in the bobblehead for that game that is Chinooks related but kind of in its own. Uh, the other one uh, would be a wrestling gill. Uh, the reason for that is because we're big wrestling fans, um, and I think we could do some pretty cool poses with Gil as like a wrestler. Uh, the other two I had was I would like to finish the Bobble Boys at some point. I don't know if that's possible, but if we were able to do the every jersey that we did in the bobbleheads, just to like continue that theme. And then finally, it's not a new bobblehead, but I think for either our bobblehead giveaways or mystery bobblehead night. Um, if we did like select gold ones or random kind of like one-offs to kind of create that buzz like we did with the white bobble boy, I think that'd be pretty cool. And uh, that's something I would come out for. So the fans would hate if we do that though, your odds dramatically drop for a golden bobble boy. Yeah. But I mean, it's like getting the lotto ticket though. You got to play to win. So <laughs> you'd have to come out to the game to try and get one. Gotta be in it to win it. Andy, your uh, wish list. Um, I also think it would be fun uh, if we could do a Star Wars one. Um, it's a little tough with licensing issues if we wanted to stay on uh, Disney's good side, which I would assume we'd want to do. Mm -hmm. um, I also thought, thought Gil could play serviceable Admiral Akbar. Um, that would be kind of a funny, a funny thing to do. R.I.P. in episode eight. Yeah, right. No love, no love for the Admiral. Um, 
another series. I don't know what that would be, but something that's more, it's not just, you know, three or four bobbleheads in a line. It's something where you put them together and it kind of forms a, a scene or something. I think that would be fun. Um, and then I'm with Chris on like a wrestling, I thought either wrestling or superhero version of Gil where we could create, you know, a character or a costume and all that kind of stuff. I'm not a wrestling fan, uh, but I think that would be fun. My wish list would be finishing the HD Harley Davidson series, uh, finally getting that Euchre and Gil, non-Water Tower Gil. Some, Gil. I want all three of them on a bike would be my ideal scenario. Um, I'd love to do Gil in more baseball poses, um, hitting, catching, sliding, just kind of going off of the 2013 hitting Gil, um, expanding on that. Um, and then the Pipe Dream one, a mascot series. I'd love to do Gil and Bernie, Gil and Bango, other local mascots. Um, but just like you mentioned with Star Wars, the licensing and rights and copyrights, I think it would be tough to do. So Tough but fun, for sure. Kind of rounding things out on this week's episode, we asked you, the fans, to give us your ideas for future bobbleheads and your favorite bobblehead to date. Uh, the w- clear winner was Batman and Robin. Everyone really seemed to like that one. Um, some close seconds in there. The Yount Harley-Davidson bobblehead. The Tailgate series as a whole got a bunch of votes. Um, a few votes for the Bobble Boys. A few votes for even Gil the Kid, which I was surprised to see. Some smart fans out there. And our friend Tom Stan at Mel Charities voted for his pig. Um, Mel's does great work in the community. Make sure to check out his organization. We always look forward to partnering with him every year. Um, some interesting um, options for future bobbleheads for us. We got a few people that wanted us to do a Robin Young golfing bobblehead. Um, it was actually on the short list for the summer of 19. Um, there's always been kind of the tale that if Robin didn't play professional baseball, he's going to pursue professional golf. So we kind of tossed around doing that as an idea. Um, you know, we had a few people ask about the happy days. We've had the happy days thing come up a few times. Um, again, that's more of a, a likeness and a rights and everything. And Yeah, the ball is in Henry Winkler's court. Yes. Point. So, Henry, we know you're listening. If you'd like us to do a bobblehead of the Fonz, we're happy to do it. We just need your permission. Um, Sugar Skull, which seems to be really popular. The Admirals, I believe, are doing one this weekend, or if they might have done one, they're doing for this season. Um, Freddie Falcon at CUW's come up. I even got a few votes, Chris. No one voted for you quite yet, but I got a few votes for a season ticket or exclusive even. I don't pay people to put my name on social media. Wow, wow. And it's tough being the host of Lakeshore Live. You get a big following. <laughs> I can't walk around the Target Grafton anymore. So, um, But the it's one that got the most votes, surprisingly, former Chinook 2014, current center fielder for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals, Harrison Bader. Very surprised to see that. He's a brewer killer. He yeah. comes to town and destroys us every time, but people want a Harrison Bader bobble. Tough to stomach. I, if, if he beats out Kane for the uh, Golden Glove this year, I'll have a hard time uh, putting that that design together. I think. You might have to make their dream come true next year. <laughs> but at the same time, it would stink that he'd beat Kane now, but it makes no sense for but him would, to do it. It would be a great reason for us to do it. Well, that's going to wrap up this week's show. Um, I want to thank Chris and Andy for joining us. Thanks for being a part of the, the podcast. Chris, the second week. Andy, making your debut this week. Yeah, happy to happy to have done it. It's fun. We've been bobbles. Enjoyed having the architect, the wizard of Chinook land, the creator of the almighty here at the Chinooks. The, the man. dawn of the bobbles. Yes. I, I demand that they call me these names. <laughs> Maybe we have an architect bobblehead. Oh, Andy. Yeah. No he can design his own bobblehead. He designs head. his own bobblehead, yeah. 
ultimate in vanity. Well, he does great work. Anything with the Chinooks logo, basically he has his hand and his stamp over everything with the Chinooks the past eight seasons and will continue to do so as we head into the 2020 season presented by Port Washington State Bank. Also want to thank everyone that came out to DOS Cleanout over in Thienesville at the Port Washington branch there this past weekend. We had a great time. We had polka music. We had free food. And it was just a great time. We look forward to other events at Port Washington in the future. Speaking of bobbleheads, wrapping up, we will be announcing our holiday bobblehead, hopefully here in the coming weeks, which will be available at the end of the month of November. We'll be announcing the dates for our rummage sale soon. So a lot of good stuff coming up on the Chinook Social Network. We're going to wrap things up here. We will see you next week, next Wednesday, as a new episode drops right here on the Nook Nation podcast on the Chinook Social Network. Have a good one, Nook Nation.